Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. Hey everyone, hope you're having a good week so far. Today we are going to finally turn our attention to the first big question of our season and answering or attempting to answer the problem of evil. Why does God allow evil? And so our first big question that we're going to address is one that we've sort of already looked at in last season, uh, and that is, why do we suffer for Adam's sin? That's a question that comes up from time to time, and it's a very important and a very good question because we can struggle to think of a, an example where people rightly are punished for something they didn't do. That seems intuitively, well, wrong to us. And so if we frame it from a similar perspective and we ask, why in the world would God basically punish us for what someone else did? then it can be very difficult to understand how exactly this all works from the Bible's perspective. And so I want to revisit a passage that we looked at last season, which is Romans chapter 5, because Romans 5 really gives us a lot of insight into how to biblically answer this question. And I'm just going to go ahead and reread the passage here because it's been a while since we've looked at it. And specifically, I'm going to read Romans 5, 12 through 17, which says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass, for if many died through the one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. So if we sort of remember back to last season when we very briefly covered this question of why we suffer for Adam's sin, the conclusion that we came to was not, we really don't. Uh, we, we suffer for our own sin. And that is a conclusion that I come to and others have come to based upon a very careful reading of Romans chapter five here, because one of the things I'll point you to is this idea right in verse 12 that says that uh, death is what spread to all men, but also that it did so because all 
have sinned. And this is an idea that we find in Romans 3.23 as well, that all have sinned, right? And also, it's an idea that James echoes in his book where he talks about this life cycle of sin, that uh, death comes to us because when our desires, our lust is acted upon, when we give in to temptation, we make the choice to sin. And as a result of that choice, we incur death for ourselves when it's all said and done. And so the the Bible seems to be very clear on this, that while Adam sinned and he sort of opened the door for sin and death to therefore uh, come into all of our lives, it's not so much Adam's sin that we are punished for. It's, it's our own. Uh, every single person makes the choice to rebel against God. Every single person, uh, if given enough time and given enough opportunity, will, at a pretty young age, choose to rebel and therefore will choose to sin and incur judgment and condemnation and ultimately death all on their own. Now that said, there is some sort of connection between us and Adam. And if for no other reason, we can look at this same passage in Romans 5 and say, because Paul says that there is, right? Because if there is a connection between us and Christ, in a similar way, there was a connection between us and Adam, because Christ and Adam are compared directly to each other. Adam is the first man and Christ is the second man. And our connection with Christ is in some way a reversal or a uh, a mirror image, if you will, of our connection with the first man. And so the question is, in what way are we actually connected to Adam? How does our connection to Adam work? And what are the different theological implications of that connection? And this week, that's going to be our main topic. We've already sort of answered the question, uh, but I want to look a little more in depth at the mechanism, if you will, and take some time this week to really explore, kind of like we did last week with the three main options that are that are out there uh, from a Christian perspective. And I want to do the same thing this week. I want to look at three different ways that Christians uh, can look at or have looked at our connection to Adam based on certain passages of scripture and and, uh, interpretations that have been prominent throughout the history of the church. So we're going to look at those three options this week. We're going to look at the biblical support for or against, and we're going to try and answer that question again You're going to come up with your own conclusions, I hope, as to what you find most compelling and hopefully deepen your understanding of Scripture and of uh, God and of your own personal uh, systematic theology in the process. So I hope you'll stick with me this week as we take a much closer look at this question of why we suffer for Adam's sin and how we're connected to him exactly. Exactly. 